The thoughts, views, and opinions expressed by us are ours and do not reflect those of our employers, co-workers, family, or friends. While we have conversations about various topics, any mentions of drugs, sex, religion, politics, and the like that offends anyone should be considered satire and for entertainment purposes only. And yes, we can get a little toxic. So if you're easily triggered, have unresolved trauma, can't take a joke, or don't enjoy adult conversations, you've been warned. Listener discretion is advised. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to yet another episode of the His and Hers edition of the BLC pod. You already know what it is. If the disclaimer did not let you know what it is, hopefully now you know what it is. What's up, S&M? What it do? Not much. Just chilling. Just chilling. Uh, On the fourth floor? Fourth floor? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I don't know where to go with that one. So I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into it. And uh, did you know, like, we in Black History Month, but yet, it seems like it's crazy because here on Black Lives Chatter, the his and her edition, we have not even mentioned it. And I'm just curious. Is it because we live Black History 365 or what's the deal? Is it because the schools have successfully taken it out in some cases in particular states? I'm not sure, but I was just tripping on the fact that we're like 10 days in Black History Month. Well, let me ask you this right now. That's a great point. And that's bet on us. We had one episode where we just completely forgot about Black History Month. That was more of an oversight on our part. But let me ask you, though, right, as someone who loves history, especially that history that is black, um, what does Black History Month mean to you, though? Like, for real, for real. So as somebody who actually celebrates Black History 365, um, Black History Month is, and I dare say it, so please refer to the disclaimer. It is not meant to be racist in any shape, way, or form. Uh, <laughs> Girl, just talk your talk. We're not even a few minutes past the disclaimer. We don't have to. I can see it for a middle show. I'm just going to say it because I'm going to say this. Um, I actually believe Black History Month is for white people. Even though I understand the origins of it was to basically have, um, to start off as Black History Week. And then um, thanks to Dr. Char um, Carter G. Woodson, and then it moved to Black History Month and whatnot. And it was to give Black folks an opportunity to see their accomplishments or whatnot. But for those who genuinely operate under Black History 365, because Black History is American history, I think is a way for the Black history to be introduced to the white and other counterparts so that they can understand that, hey, it's not just slavery. And as a matter of fact, to be honest, um, Black history predates slavery. However, in schools, they have a tendency to start with slavery. Um, I have a whole nother conversation on that, but we're not going to go into it. But I think we can kind of move beyond at this point, but maybe that's just me, Rosa Parks, MLK, Booker T. Washington, and even Dr. Carter G. Woodson. But that's just my take. You know, what's yours? Well, listen, I agree with most of what, most of what you said. Um, and so, yeah, man, happy Black History Month for those people who celebrate it, right? <laughs> but to your point, we did not mention it. That's on us. You know what I mean? I agree with you. Um, but I, I, well, 
only only slight pushback is that I think there's a lot of us who don't know our own history. True. And so therefore it is important to highlight it because maybe they'll get tapped into it and then they'll be about it, about it for the 365. Um, and I think there is a level of pride that people can take from knowing like their mm-hmm. history to your point to going back further, you know what I mean, than just slavery. You know what I mean? But I think if you're talking about American history, when we as black people were kind of introduced, unfortunately, that's the narrative is that that's when we kind of were introduced here. It's not like we came over on the Mayflower or something shit like that Uh, unless you came in the moors i mean yeah that's a whole different conversation for a whole different podcast right but oh man so listen right so you know i got a two-year-old right and so i'm watching moana you know what i mean he loves moana moana there's a bunch of them that he's watching his mom got him watching it but one day i decided to sit and watch the moana with him right and and I'm like, oh, wow, this is cool. You know, you got the rock in it. You know, it's a little girl of color who wants to be like a little wayfinder. And she has this heart. And part of her destiny is to bring the heart back to where it was supposed to be from, right? And I'm like, oh, this is cute, right? And then we get mm-hmm. to the end of the movie. And I said, wait a minute. Is it Disney? I think it's Disney who did this movie. We as parents have got to be careful of the messages that our children uh, are getting from on these cartoon movies, right? Because I'm sitting there watching Moana, and at the end, right, spoiler alert, you know, for anybody who hasn't seen Moana, <laughs> please turn away now. But it turns out that her goal was to give this heart to this, like, creature at the end that was a monster, right? I mean, a straight monster, just fire everywhere, a killer, Right. But then after she gives her the heart, or I, we even know it was a her, but gives the monster the heart, come to find out it was a woman, right, who all of a sudden rested back in her femininity. I said, holy shit, Moana is about an angry black woman whose heart got stolen by a fuckboy who somehow, through a younger generation of black women, had to get the fuckboy to atone for his sins by giving her heart back. And then after that, she went from angry black woman, you know what I'm saying, to the Mother Earth who just was sprouting life everywhere. I said, holy shit. <laughs> Why is Moana about angry black women needing a younger generation to come in? I said, holy shit. Have you seen Moana? <laughs> yes, I have seen Moana. <laughs> and I didn't even think of it that way because, let's be honest, she was a black woman. She had a fro and everything. Come on. And so... <laughs> Who's the mother of the planet? You know what I'm saying? Who's the original mother queen, okay? I mean, I said, holy shit. But go ahead. That is crazy as hell. So before we get any other angry black women upset, just know that this was a reset. She, the fuckboy reset it, right? Yeah. Like, she so. was mad, man. She was big mad, okay? And I'm sitting here like, why does it seem familiar with all of these internet conversations that we're having? But listen, this might be a whole new segment on His or Hers. Stay tuned next week for how I break down Frozen and how white women have their own issues in the eternal fight for feminism. That's right. Stay tuned. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Is- oh, Lord. So let's go ahead and just uh, run that motivation clip. Um, thank you for that, Nick. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Motivation. <laughs> Doubt is such a strange thing. I mean, it's, um, you know, there'll be times where you succeed and there are times that you fail. So waste, wasting your time doubting whether you're going to be successful or not is pointless. It is. I mean, you just put one foot in front of the other. You control what you can't control. And then you see what the outcome is. Right? If you win, great. You're going to have to wake up the next day and do the journey over again. 
If you lose, it sucks. But you're gonna have to wake up the next day and do the journey all over again anyway. All right. So love the motivation. And just really quickly, be sure to like, follow, subscribe, share, and please feel free to comment. Because like I said before, and we said it too, uh, we do read those comments. We do. So again, don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, share, engage. And shout out to all the people who are engaging with hate. We love you too. Everybody, let's start. The, let's get this part. I gave somebody like a little heart face, you know. Like I appreciate you. Thanks for the engagement. I don't think he took. He knew how to take that. But go ahead. I want to agree, but you know what? Speaking of not knowing how to take something, um, and while this is Black Lives Chatter, the BOC pod, I just want to point out something that I found interesting. So there's this Spanish artist. She just married a holographic image of a man, and it was created from neural networks. And I'm just curious, what is your thought? What are your thoughts on that holographic man? So, you know, what's crazy. I actually did some research this time and it's an artist who is doing like this performance piece where she's supposed to marry this holographic image that she created from past relationships. Right. And so the reason why I think it's important for, for us to cover this on the BLC, the Black Lives Cheddar podcast is because this woman might be ahead of her time. She understands there's going to be a bunch of black women out here who are going to be single as they get older. And their option is going to be, let me marry a holographic nigga who can attend to their emotional needs. That's what she said, right? How how are you supposed to find companionship for somebody that you can't snuggle up with? That You guessed it. They're going to be creating like AI simps. Yes, honey. What do you need from me? Shout out to this woman, Spanish woman, for being a pioneer for what most likely will help black women find some love. Love at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> I'm sorry. Toxic. But speaking of finding love at the end of whatever rainbow, right? Shout out to Eddie Murphy and um, Martin Lawrence's children for coming together, right? This has been a thing that's been happening for a while. So what are your thoughts about two comedy icons, children's coming together in holy matrimony? So I'm going to admit this. It's a damn shame. We don't even know their names. Like we know Eddie Murphy's son. You ain't got to call me out like that. But it's Martin okay. Lawrence's daughter, right? And so the fact that that's the headline, that speaks a lot of volume. So I'm going to go ahead and put it out there for those who are unaware. Congratulations to Eric and Jasmine. May your names be known from here on Eric out. Eric who? Which one is which? Which one is which? Eric, Eric Murphy and Jasmine <laughs> Lawrence. May your names be known. <laughs> you got it here first. You did I'm that, sorry. Girl. Congratulations. <laughs> so speaking Shout out of to Eric and Jasmine. Sorry, sorry, y'all. My bad. I didn't do that much research. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's a damn shame. But you know what? You know what? It's also a damn shame. But maybe that's just my take. Sexy red. That Mm, okay, let me pull it back. So Sexy Red, apparently, um, you know what? Let me pull it back and be nice. Uh, congratulations. I see it's in order because Sexy Red apparently popped out her baby and also dropped a new video called Fuck My Baby Daddy. Mm. And I'm not quite sure what was going on with that whole video in regards to why the title, all that good stuff, whatever it's clever, but she did it while she was in the hospital. And so kudos to her in that regards. And I would love to get your thoughts on this. 
So she dropped the baby and dropped the music video. Okay. Talk about working women, you know, in the modern age, right? It was very creative for her to be in the, I mean, she didn't even have to leave her baby. Like that's fire. Okay. Like, like the creativity, the efficiency of it all. And it was so on brand, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of black women out there who have to go right back to work after having a child. And I feel like there's a part of her that while ratchet is representation of the challenges that my modern women are facing, right? And she's doing it in a kind of a ratchet way, but the symbolism, mm -hmm. right? And then on top of that, the fuck my baby daddy part in regards to how black men show up, shit the fuck out of here with that. It is on brand for her and I get it. Um, I don't, I, you know, that's all I can basically say. It's on brand for her, but I will also say there's a part of me that is kind of ratchet. So it's like, I can laugh at it kind of, but at the end of the day, do I think this is something that needs to be promoted? Absolutely not. But uh, shout out to her for representing all those hardworking black women who have to go back to work after having a child. What, what, I know you're, you know, you're not the biggest sexy red fan, but can you see the correlation that I just made though? Can you at least accept that? No. So first I do appreciate that. And as a matter of fact, I started off saying, congratulations. I yes, cleaned it up. And with like, congratulations, you know, guess you got to maintain the thought title before anything else. And so yes. I appreciate her working hard at maintaining her crown of ratchetness. And I'm just thankful that she actually had on clothes and was able to. And as a matter of fact, shout out to the fact that her body recovered and shout out to all the young women who are having babies and able to bounce back. Because like you said, there's a correlation between working mothers and basically going back to work right drop the baby get back to work so shout out to that we can spin it positive look at that yeah look at you because i know you're the biggest sexy red fan out there but you know what's funny right so sexy red had a song with drake right that was a hit for us for a second and apparently drake continued to be a hit at least with the ladies or at least from what i've heard right so this week drake's Something leaked of Drake? Like, I mean, what? I mean, you know, how do you recover from that? I don't know which one is more ratchet. I barely want to talk about this topic, but to keep my more general journalistic face on. So SM this week, uh nudes or 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 pictures or maybe even videos of Jake's member hit the internet and set it ablaze. What are your thoughts on Drake? So, first of all, I definitely encourage you to watch it if you haven't watched it. Have you watched it? <laughs> Have I wa watched what exactly, SNM? Why don't you tell our <laughs> wonderful audience what you're speaking of? Because I don't have any recollection of a video, but enlighten us, please. So, recently, uh, apparently over the past week, um, Drake uh, leaked a video of him masturbating. So, now, he leaked I'm, it. You're saying um, that he so leaked it. I'm not saying he leaked it. Let me rephrase that. Okay. There was a video leaked of um, of Drake masturbating. Now, I don't know if he did it or if somebody else did it. I don't know. But I will say that it caused a huge uproar on the Internet. Um, as a matter of fact, a lot of women was basically sharing his his video. Now, I personally did not watch it, but I did see the still. So you didn't see it? You did not watch the video several times? I did times. not watch the video Let several times. Let me check my times. notes for pre-production. Okay, but go ahead. <laughs> I did not. I did okay. not. I did see the still, but if you were interested in watching it for research purposes or whatnot, I was more than happy to go look it back up because it was apparently blatant on X, and so you can get that research value in it. So I'm just so saying. So me, 
right? So between the two of us, right, this would seem like something a little bit more in your wheelhouse. And we were talking about research, but apparently you didn't do any research. You didn't do a did. deep dive. You just steal. looked at the stills, but not. So how do you even know it was a video? How do you even know? So video it was video? all the talk on Twitter uh, or X. And um, and then also Instagram. Part of it was just the fact that he was masturbating. It was like, oh, wow, he's masturbating. But another part of it was the fact that there was so many men calling out these women supposedly for being perverts for watching and sharing. And I was like, how is this any different than any other sex tape that's leaked? Um, that men and women, some women also enjoy watching. So how is this any different? Let let these women enjoy whatever the hell it was that they were watching because apparently it was a buzz. And so, okay, so, I'm going to move past this, but I have so many questions, not so much even about the Drake video itself, but, but us in terms of our preparation for the show, right? So for example, so you said it was a video, but you did not see the video, right? No, I cannot. And I would so not watch it. I, I don't know, like, how we can confirm that, number one. Number two, how do you even know it was him? I mean, I guess you could tell from the stills. Well, so not only that, but those who did watch it confirmed it was him. I would not watch it because at the end of the day, as with all sex tapes that are leaked, I feel that's an invasion of privacy. And so I'm not going to watch it because I wouldn't want some shit leaked of me and somebody watching it. I'll be all type of pissed. So unless he did it on purpose for publicity purposes or whatever the case may be, I wouldn't have watched it anyways, even if I had remotely was interested in, to be honest. And you know what's crazy? Now that I think about that segue, um, I believe Sexy Red did also have a supposed sex tape that leaked, even though people thought that maybe she leaked it. Damn it, what an opportunity missed. <laughs> but listen, I want no. you to know that this is a safe space, SM. And if you have to do what's necessary to get the research so that we can have a great and proper show, I get it. You know, it's hard. Pause. But, you know, you know, taking other people's I'm words paused. for it who are not part of this podcast may not meet our journalistic standards. But I'm going to leave it alone. Says the person who introed the topic in the first place. Hey, man, you know, that was how we set it up in pre-pro. I don't <laughs> even know why you're trying to do this to me. I'm just saying we got to. I set boom, it up boom. for you to be able to knock we it down. And now the story is still wobbling. You know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, I put hey, you in hey. a position to win, SNM. I put you in a position to win. Okay, well, speaking of winning, you know who else got put in position to win? Hmm. Club Shay Shay, Shannon Sharp, Fast. Monique. Talk about winning. I, whew. First, I'm starting to enjoy Club Shay Shay. I don't know if it's the drama, the receipts, or what, but recently he had Monique on the show, and much like Kat, Monique had a lot to say. She mm. called out mad names from Tyler Perry, Oprah, Steve Harvey, DL, just to name a few, which kind of gave mm, credence to the whole click thing that Kat mentioned. You're either in or out. So what are your thoughts on Monique dropping those pew, pew, pew? You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I like Monique. I do like, you know, she's a cute, you know, beautiful woman. You know what I mean? I know people may have different opinions about that, but I love just her, her spirit, you know, her fighter spirit, like her renegade spirit. You know what I mean? Like, so I get that, you know, I was in a, having a conversation uh, a couple of days ago about this and people tend to focus only on Monique when she says what she says, but they don't take the time out to be like, well, wait a minute. She's saying something that's true. You know what I mean? Because Taraji P pretty much said a lot of what Monique said, but it was received differently because it was Taraji P. As specifically as it relates to, that's easy for me to say, to Oprah, right? So I feel like maybe it's time for us to turn the attention to the people she's talking about. If we're going to be honest, I mean, Tyler Perry, there's some people who love 
them, some people who don't like him so much, right? For valid reasons, mostly about the artistic, you know, direction that he takes a lot of times, the tropes that he plays into, right? But mm -hmm. when you get behind the veil, like there are questions about how he runs his shop, you know what I mean? And so I do feel like there's a lot of truth, much like Cat Williams to what she said. I think we, for some reason, spend so much time only on focusing on the messenger, but not like turning around and saying, wait a minute, are they moving like that? Because can you imagine our black royalty, right? I mean, I guess it's easy when it happens to somebody else, but assuming that like Monique was telling the truth because she did have an audio, right, where Tyler Perry kind of admitted certain things. Mm -hmm. So like, why don't we turn the attention to them? You know what I'm saying? Why don't we start asking those questions, right? And why don't we have those expectations for them to step up and do the right thing? How can you be out here preaching black excellence and, you know, all these different things and you have somebody like Tyler Perry who's literally poo-pooing on somebody who is of our community, you know what I'm saying? Especially if he's admitting that he lied, right? The worst thing that you can do, I feel like low-key to a black women or black people in corporate environments or similar spaces is to call us difficult, right? And it's one thing if a white person said it, right? Because you might say, oh, that's just being a white person. But if another black person is saying that to, let's say, a white person, they're going to take that like, oh, well, damn, if she's difficult for him of his own kind, of her own kind, then shit, I got no shot, right? So if he did that shit, you know what I mean? He need to make that shit right. Um, if we're going to stand for something, at some point, we need to stand for something. So I do kind of appreciate Monique's spirit in regards to standing on her square or standing on business, regardless of who the names are, because far too many of us are afraid to speak up when we've been done wrong, right? You know, speaking truth to power, but then we want to have an opinion about somebody who's doing that exact thing. You dig what I'm saying? So I'm going to shout out Monique and her husband. We'll talk about that later, but kudos to her, man, for being a strong black woman. You heard? Mm-hmm. I just want to note that she'll be joining the Cat Williams Dark Matter Tour, so it looks like Cat is racking it up. At this point, I think I might want to go get a ticket to this. <laughs> right? Right? So, I mean, what do you think, though, in regards to, like, just, you know, her position and, and the people she shot at, it was obviously Oprah. It was obviously Tyler mm -hmm. Perry. I feel like her and Lee Daniels made peace. They did. Um, because he, you know, he apologized and they made um, peace with that situation. And then she also mentioned Kevin Hart. So what were your thoughts in regards to the fact that she was shooting at some of the same people, even Steve Harvey, if I'm not mistaken? And just kind yes. of the, the challenge that black women face, especially an outspoken black woman in a space that you would think you'd have a little bit more cover with other black people. So the whole angry black woman narrative is so easy to fall back into, right? And that's basically what they try to portray her as. When they say that she was difficult, they were basically trying to portray her, portray her as the angry black woman. And that's something that we already have to deal with just because we may speak up for something, right? And with this happening within a black space where you expect it to be, oh, we understand each other. And then to come find out, it's like, well, no, let's go ahead and blackball. So finding out that she's been talking about this for years and people kept denying it, denying it other than Lee Daniels, who later low key kind of was like, um, apologize and they end up working on a project together. Steve Harvey was like, hey, it's a warning. There, there's going to be repercussions from you speaking the truth. And it was like, why do you have to have repercussions for speaking the truth that is more negative than when you're lying? You know, and so I think that's something else that we could talk about, but not necessarily today in regard to why the hell is there so so many negative repercussions for speaking the truth versus for speaking lies. And so ultimately, I give Monique props for standing where she stood. She basically stood on her square, said she ain't tell not one lie. I also agree that 
um, this speaks to Hollywood treatment and the messenger. So the problem was because people didn't view Monique as the proper message for, messenger for this. Um, she got a lot of flag, right? She got a lot of people who just dismissed her because they're like, oh, she's overweight. And if you notice, the first thing people start clowning on is her weight or they'll mm-hmm. dismiss her because in some cases she's dark skinned. She didn't present as the appropriate messenger for the message. And that's why a lot of people um, came at her like that. But I just want to note that some of the folks already apologized, like you talked about Tyler Perry. Um, Charlemagne the God just recently not only apologized, but gave himself the donkey of the day. Mm. No, so. that's big because he had gave her the donkey of the day before. And I guess, you know, listen, there's nothing wrong with manning up and apologizing and making things right. I don't get why, if that is the case, people like Tyler Perry, whoever, can't come out and be like, hey, man, hey, I did her wrong or whatever. And then, you know, try to make it right. According to her. He cost her like millions of dollars. You know what I'm saying? Especially like in prime earning years of her life. It's just, it just, Mm -hmm. it's baffling to me to your point, like as regular black folks that we tend to say we want people to fight for equality or whatever. And somebody mentions something, but because maybe we like the other group of people, we don't look at them critically enough to get behind the person who is basically whistleblowing. But on the flip side, though, if you are going to whistleblow, you do have to understand there are going to be repercussions and consequences. You dig what I'm saying? And it sucks that it has to be that. So I do get from Steve's perspective, he's trying to look out for his friend and he does not want her to have a hard time of it. Okay. But at the same time, it's like, yo, Steve, what are you doing to either help the culture or help people who look like us? Right. And so if you're not going to outwardly fight the machine or speak truth to power, then you damn sure better be doing what you need to do behind the scenes. Cause I don't think that you can be, um, you know, not do either. Right. And then still be out here being motivational and inspirational and whatnot. When truth be told, maybe just looking out for yourself right but speaking of somebody who probably needs to be looking out for himself a little bit more okay we've covered this brother jonathan motherfucking majors right mm-hmm. two more women came out right and i and i, I low-key was like are they white women <laughs> you know i i mean i'm just curious right because two more women one of which i think he was engaged to from 2015 mm-hmm. to 2019 came out and said on multiple occasions that he was violent like physically violent and abusive um in that relationship before that ended there was another girlfriend that he had who also said that she was more emotionally abusive i'm gonna be honest uh, i don't know how much about the emotional abuse i really any, anyways that's not where we are but the point is two more women Women have come out, and uh, he, of course, he denied some of the charges. But I think he kind of accepted responsibility for being in toxic relationships, right? So, what are your thoughts? Like, damn, is it over for him? You know what I mean? Are we starting to really believe this is like a pattern? You know what I'm saying? So, yes, I actually starting to believe it's a pattern, but I'm going to wait and hold my judgment because I need to hear more information. Well, but seriously, I do believe it may be a pattern um, because not only did these two women come out and yes, I did the same thing. I was like, are they white women? But uh, anyways, (laughs) it shouldn't matter one way or another. (laughs) And so... um, but after doing a little additional digging and so forth, that was like not only with these two women, but the um, Lovecraft, um, you remember Lovecraft yes. Country, County? Yeah. And how they were, so they said that he was actually pretty confrontational to women on the set, that it was to the point where they felt so uncomfortable that they complained to HBO and so forth. So at this point, I'm like, wow, this must be a pattern of behavior. And so I just want to know if Megan Good is good, you know, like blink twice or use the hand signal, which is, by the way, if you're in distress and experiencing domestic violence, you take your hand like this, you tuck your thumb and go like this. And then you repeat it to indicate that you are in a domestic violence situation. So, Megan, if you're in a domestic violence situation and you feel like you can't talk, 
No, that's a fact. I mean, listen, I feel like as a community, we gave Jonathan Majors a lot of grace. You know, it was an isolated situation and we can understand. We saw the video of him running through mm -hmm. Times Square, right? He got him a sister, you know what I'm saying, by his side. But I'm going to be honest, if those two white women, if those two women are white, it cancels out Megan Good. <laughs> you know, like we they are because like low key, your entire dating history for the past 10 years would have been in white women. And now all of a sudden you got a sister next to your side. OK, bruh. Like, OK, that's that. Sorry. <laughs> it just Megan did not exist. And that's number one. Number two, like, bro, to your point, like the whole the stuff that was happening on set. Now you got two other women coming out, bro. Like. I just, listen, man, I'm, at some point, I can't continue to have empathy for the brother. You know, if nothing else, he did accept responsibility of putting himself in toxic situations and being in toxic relationships. But, bro, with even that being said, you did that. You know what I'm saying? And I can't stress enough to any brothers who are out here watching. I get it. That toxic box it is amazing. It might be the most amazing box that you've ever had, uh, but it could be the end of your career, your livelihood, your freedom. How many brothers find themselves locked up or worse over some box, right? And in this case, you're putting yourself in that position. So the same way I told Fanny last week that the peen ain't worth it, right? To lose your career, to lose like your livelihood and your position, your power. I'm saying to the brothers out here, because I am fair-minded, Shout out to you one-sided internet trolls, right? <laughs> I don't think a man should risk it all for some toxic box. Step away from the toxic box. <laughs> I mean, you're shaking your head, but I feel like you agree I'm with me. I'm laughing because I do agree with you about the toxic box, right? Toxic box. Um, <laughs> toxic people in general, right? Step away from toxic people. If you find yourself behaving in a manner that's not conducive to you, step away from that relationship, no matter how hard the relationship may be, right? So just step away, recognize the signs, and move away from it. If you find yourself being emotionally abusive, um, which, by the way, in this case, they had quotes of him supposedly allegedly telling her to die and kill herself and so and things like that but anyways regardless if it's emotional physical or whatever the case may be if the relationship is toxic at some point you need to take responsibility and step away and i'm just saying that the toxic box is hilarious but you know toxic box <laughs> toxic peen toxic box toxic people let's just recognize we have toxic people and those toxic people come together in a relationship makes it even more toxic environment so let's remove ourselves from those toxic environment understand it's easier said than done but at some point and I give him props for actually acknowledging that he was in a toxic relationship but I also feel like he's kind of minimizing um, what he actually did you know facts so. facts but you know as we move on to the main topics of conversation today, right, and thinking about people removing themselves from toxic or dissatisfactory situations, some people would argue that Jay-Z, Beyonce, and anybody else who has an issue with the Grammys should just step away, right? Like, so let me start real quickly by saying that. So recently, the Grammys occurred. Jay-Z was given an award. We're going to go to a clip real quick, and then we'll come back and talk about it on the other side. I don't want to embarrass this young lady, but she has more Grammys than everyone and never won album of the year. So even by your own metrics, that doesn't work. Think about that. The most Grammys, never won album of the year. That doesn't work. You know?
Beyonce has also been nominated for 88 competitive Grammy Awards, winning 33 of them. But even though the singer has been nominated six times for Album of the Year, she's never won that category. Some of you, some of you gonna go home tonight and feel like you've been robbed. Some of you made it, Rob. Some of you don't belong in the category. No, when I get nervous, I tell the truth. So, yes, at this year's Grammy, Jay-Z won the Dr. Dre. Let me make sure I get this correct, right, before she gets on me about this. The Dr. Dre Global Impact Award, right? During his speech, you know, he called out the Grammys, right? One of the biggest things that he did was call out how his wife, the Beyonce, had like 32 Grammys but never won. I believe it was Album of the Year, right? Conversely, and this is not a, you know, try to make it against Taylor versus Beyonce, but be, uh, Taylor has won Four of those awards and Beyonce has won zero, although she is the most award-winning person ever in the history of the Grammys. So what do you think about Jay-Z taking that time when it was really about him, right, and his global impact in the name of Dr. Dre, but with his daughter next to his side, he chose to focus on what he felt like was injustices or discrepancies or challenges um, with people of color. Um, he mentioned, you know, Will Smith and their uh, you know, boycotting the Grammys, how he boycotted the Grammys. So some people want to make it just about Jay-Z. But what do you think about, you know, the moment that he had to himself and, and the way that he chose to express himself? What are your thoughts? So first, I love the fact that Jay-Z took that time to highlight his wife. And um, because at the end of the day, if you're constantly seeing your wife or significant other being treated a certain way and a disservice, this was a disservice. Let's be honest. She was nominated four times for an album of the year and never received it. And as a matter of fact, one year, Adele, who acknowledged that it should have been Beyonce, didn't even accept her award, if I recall correctly, and because she felt that it should have been Beyonce's. And so this is just another case of, once again, well, let me put it this way. This is another case of black women being underappreciated. However, she was not underappreciated by her husband. As a matter of fact, her husband took this as an opportunity to celebrate and uplift her and to point out the errors of their ways. Grammys, just looking at you. That's a fact. Side eye. That is a big fact. I mean, I think, you know, there was one year she lost to Bex. I think it would, whatever the name was, it's like, yo, are we for real, for real? And there is a logic argument that he made in regards to how she going to win 32, right? But not win album of the year, even though she was nominated several times. Um, and so, but the thing that I thought was interesting, because we were talking about this in pre-production, is this idea of Jay-Z being a simp, right? Or simping for his wife. And that's the shit that I'd be talking about, right? Um, because... First of all, that's his wife, yo. Like they're both like damn near billionaires. They're they're playing at a different level. So for people on the outside looking in, they're like, oh, is he being a simp for his wife? That's that's what you're supposed to do for your wife, bro. Like, you know, provide and protect. I mean, granted, you know, Beyonce can provide for herself, but if you notice, like, she gotta kind of play a different position. Like, even if she feels some type of way, like, for example, look at Nicki Minaj, right? Nicki Minaj is fighting against the system to a certain extent. People view her a certain type of way, right? But Beyonce is a dark 
darling. Like she's not really going to be out here rah rahing or whatever, whatever, you know, to make her case. But Jay-Z, who's being honored in this moment, right? And they're neck and neck. They were neck and neck for some of the most nominations. And it's not like mm-hmm. Jay-Z's a slouch himself when it comes to the Grammys, right? And he's also made a statement before. So I do understand that people just felt like this was just him and, and talking about his wife. And that's why we wanted to highlight it because that's how you're supposed to move. Like, I just don't understand any man out there who'd be willing to call Jay-Z a simp. Like, he's at the point of his life right now where protection does not necessarily mean we got to fight somebody or I got to be armed, right? Because we got security for that, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, protection in the loosest form of the word is like saying, no, I'm going to stand in front and take mm-hmm. whatever arrows and bullets to say something that maybe my wife deep down feels. You feel what I'm saying? Like, that's protection. He didn't go up there and slap nobody because a nigga made a fucking joke like Will Smith did. You know what I'm saying? You know, if anything, I get he was nervous. And I think for the first time, for many people, you saw Jay-Z as just a man, right? As a husband trying to find the words to articulate in that moment in front of the world how he felt. Right. That still takes courage. A lot of people can't even get on stage and publicly speak, let alone do so, you know, in in validation of someone else, someone that they love. You know what I'm saying? Him and his daughter were nervous up there. Right. So for me as a husband, you know what I mean? If I could only imagine if I'm in the same position, I'm going to do the exact same thing. And one last thing, because I feel like I've heard this, too. What Jay-Z did is not what Kanye did. Let's be clear. Okay. First of all, while I do appreciate that the sentiment was very similar, right? That wasn't Kanye's place to do that on behalf of what a friend, a colleague, somebody, a big sis or whatever. If anybody was supposed to do that, it would have been the people close to her, but he was not that. It was not about Beyonce. That was about Kanye using a message to make it about himself because that's what most people saw and or heard afterwards. They didn't hear, oh, the real message in regards to discrepancies when it comes to awards. They heard, oh, Kanye was being an ass and stepping on Taylor Swift's moment. Jay-Z took his moment, right, where he was being honored to not only call out some of the discrepancies that he sees at the level of which is called Global Icon Award, but then also to mention that his wife may have also fallen victim to some of those issues. So it is not the same fucking thing. And I swear for God, okay? And y'all lucky that I don't have it set up right now, but moving forward, I got a mascot for some of you simple-ass internet losers out there who who can only wish to get them a quarter, a 10% of a Beyonce out here hating on a brother like Jay-Z. Y'all got to stop this. This has got to stop. <laughs> right? Am I tripping or what? No, actually, I'm glad you mentioned the simp because that was what my biggest issue was. Like immediately after this, there was all these internet um, trolls starting stating or losers, as you call them. Losers. <laughs> saying, oh, Jay-Z out here simping, not Jay-Z simping. And I was like, first of all, a husband can never simp for his wife because it's clearly about protecting his wife, providing for his wife, whatever the case may be. But a husband can never be a simp for his wife because he's meeting. And this will also cause some confusion, too. It was just like, wait a minute, hold on a second. What part was simping? Like, did I miss the memo of what part was simping? Because even with the new modern term of what a simp is, which is basically somebody who do who goes up and beyond for a woman, normally not their wife, but goes up and beyond for a woman to their own detriment. I'm like, I didn't see that. But more importantly, that's normally assigned to folks who are not in a husband and wife relationship. So this is one of those things where like, well, so how did Jay-Z end up simp, um, being considered a simp for this? And it all spoke to me that this tells me those men are clearly not married. 
And 9 out of 10, they're never going to get married. It also told me that they probably wasn't getting no P-U-S-S-Y either. Because if being nice, if being nice and standing up for your woman was viewed as sipping, then you definitely walking around with blue balls. Matter of fact, your balls probably not even blue. They probably just unused. They got cobwebs on them. You like tickle them and like, oh, cop. You know what? This one Drake video can come in handy for you. Well, <laughs> wow. maybe, maybe not for you that way. But you know, there's a there's actually something in that video. Like self love is okay. It's okay mm-hmm. to masturbate because if you consider married men simps for doing the best and looking out for their wives, then it's okay for you to be a masturbator. And mm. just knock it out, you know, knock one off, <laughs> rub one out. Do what you need to do because at the rate you're going, you ain't going to get no wife. That's but a big good fact. Luck. That's good a big fact. You know, it's also crazy too. I'll just say this before we move on to the next topic. There's this one guy who called me a simp, right, <laughs> on our uh, YouTube channel. And I go to his page and guess what I saw? You guessed it. <laughs> He was talking about masturbation. I'm like, bro, this is what you got going on on your page. And you got the nerve, the unmitigated gall to talk to me about sipping? Sipping, please. (laughs) But we can move on, man. I just want to say that self-love is still love. And so. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) But moving on. (laughs) We got a lot of love for Monique today because mm. she, we hit her in the quick takes and now we're about to hit her in the, the main topics, Monique and her husband. Mm. And so if you had an opportunity to watch Club Shay Shay, you know that there was a, a conversation that she had about her husband, how her husband supported her, held her down. But there was also some other revelations going on in there. So um, I would love to talk about that aspect of it. So as you know, and then just to add some little salt into this as well, not for me, but as you know, DL has... Some strong words pertaining to Monique's husband, i.e., he's um, she's paying him to be with her. Tiffany Haddish apparently has some words, and Monique took a moment to call them both out. Mm. Call them both out on the carpet. And I'm just wondering, what's with the hostility towards her husband? Is it because it, he had her back? Is it because they had an open relationship at one point? I mean, what is it? It's he's like he's playing his role and doing his job as a husband. So maybe you can enlighten me on the issue. Yeah, let's check out this little real quick clip of them responding to DL, right? To your point, because DL had said some things, they responded or whatever. And in this clip, I feel like you get to see both of them in their element, right? Because she's not fully dolled up or whatever, and he's holding her down in the conversation. We'll come back on the other side. You know, when I watch DL say, she went after my wife, she went after my daughters, I want to really be clear who I went after. So that there's no confusion here. When I was on stage, when I'm on stage and we are performers, we are performing to the audience in front of us. When I was on that stage and I said, it must be hard to perform oral sex. But differently. Okay. On a coward. That had nothing to do with Mrs. Hughley. That insult was directed straight to you, DL. That had nothing to do with your wife. So you just heard it directly from the horse's mouth, so to speak. So, Nick, what are your thoughts? Um, You know, I've heard it said that, first of all, he's not only her husband, but he's also her manager, right? I feel like, you know, when people have beef, they'll throw whatever and see what sticks in regards to trying to hurt the other person or whatever, right? I want to speak real quickly about the whole DL thing, because when they responded to him, I believed them, 
right? Because niggas be saying shit or whatever, and then when they respond, when a person responds, they want to make it out more than to what it is, right? So I believe how the interaction went down in terms of Monique wasn't necessarily coming for his family, but he tried to make it seem like the reason why I'm about to come at you is because you came at my family, which I don't think that was the case, but whatever, right? At the end of the day, I appreciate how they responded to DL. Um, I also appreciated like how the husband is holding her down. Like, if she's happy, if she's good, she feels like she has somebody who is going to protect her, who's going to hold her down, right, in business and in life, right? We act like we know more about their relationship than they do. You know what I'm saying? What I see is a couple who are united, right, when it comes to their business and their relationship. I mean, people go through different dynamics. So if it was open or not open, that's on them. You know what I'm saying? As long as they were happy. Now, some people might be creeped out with her calling him daddy and shit like that. So I do kind of get that to a certain extent. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of people who use daddy as an affectionate term. It may not be my cup of tea, but like if that's there, it's good for them. You dig what I'm saying? We always complain and niggas be on this app. But not on this app, but well, yeah, YouTube and whatever. But people are on these socials talking about women sub being submissive and all this other shit. And here you have a woman who seems to submit to her man. You know what I'm saying? Like to me, that's what we're talking about. That's what. And so when I saw her on 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 Club Shay Shay, she gives me auntie vibes. You know what I'm saying? She gives me somebody who genuinely seems to care or has a caring heart. You know what I mean? So I believed a lot of what she said at the end of the day, but I really believe in what I'm seeing from them in terms of a marriage. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times we ask for things, but we don't know what it looks like. And what I see when I see them, especially when like fighting all these different battles. You know what I'm saying? Like there was a part in the interview where I think um, she went to meet with Tyler Perry and I guess the inference in the interview was that Tyler Perry wanted the husband not to be there or she or he wanted to mm -hmm. meet with her without her husband there and she's like what the fuck like I get it if he was just her husband but he's also her manager you dig what I'm saying so and there's questions to me about whether or not if you were a man you should be able to deal with another man especially if that's the woman's manager or even if it's a husband you dig what I'm saying? Like men should be able to deal with and approach, you know, men as necessary. This idea that like some dudes would coward dealing with him. It's like a double negative, right? It's already bad enough that you lied allegedly about Monique being difficult, but now you're making it seem like the husband is difficult when he's only just really doing his job. And it is super sad to me that the people who have so much to say about either it's Jay-Z or this brother right here, because I feel like a lot of them do not know what having a man in a woman's life looks like, right? It's not going to always be romantic. There's going to be challenges. And when you are in the bunker, when you're going to war with whoever, the world, don't you want a partner who's going to hold you down, who's going to be able to poke the head up out the foxhole and take some shots for you or with you? You know what I'm saying? So I just don't get it. I look at it from that perspective, and we don't know the ins and outs of all the things that she has grievances for, but clearly he has way more information than we do, and he's choosing to stand by her. You dig what I'm saying? So I appreciate that from a husband's perspective. I don't have to get into the details of making them both out to be horrible people for me to like not acknowledge the fact that I think from just a surface level, it looks like a husband who is stepping up for his wife, who is willing to fight for his wife and believe in his wife and love his wife, et cetera, et cetera. And if some of y'all just don't know what it looks like, just say that. You know what I'm saying? Then instead of making it something else that it doesn't have to be. So I concur with that 100% because I wanted to say that this is what protection looks like. So when people say, oh, um, I want somebody to protect me. I don't necessarily need your finances or whatever the case may be. When women say this, this is the protection that they're talking about. Just be there for them. Be there. Not only be there for them, but be willing to 
stand in front of them and protect them. That way, it doesn't have to always be fist cuffs, as they call it back in the day, or fights, physical fights and what's not. It's all about showing up for that, um, showing up for their wife. And is and that's one of the things that always fascinate me when people say, oh, well, I'm going to provide and protect. But then when you ask men, well, what does protection look like? Some men actually don't know what protection look like. I think Monique and her husband is an exact case of what protection may look like. Even the Jay-Z Beyonce situation was another example of what a different form of protection look like because we're not back out in those caveman days where you got to kill the lion tiger bear where the hell it is um <laughs> so that you're protecting your woman no protection shows up differently in today's times and so i think that's a lesson to be had and also to be honest the fact that their relationship started off um, one way then it went to an open relationship and now is back to being a closed relationship um i think that also speaks to the evolution of marriage or the communication process within the marriage i think people can actually learn from this because Facts. I like the fact that he identified what his needs were and she addressed it. She was like, okay, let's do this. And then when she got comfortable or uncomfortable with the fact of an open relationship, she identified her needs and he said, okay, you know what? Let's do this. And so I think we just see the whole spectrum of what a marriage a working marriage looks like with them, regardless of not knowing the exceptional, the um, the exceptional details, the nuances and whatnot, but we can see the outer trappings of it. So I say kudos to them. At the end of the day, he accepted her for who she is, what she is. And I'm just going to say this because I thought it was hilarious when she said in the interview, when she said she was basically whole adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> And he reframed it. He was like, nah, baby, you just have friendly pussy. I was like, look at that. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> Why'd you have to bring that part up? Okay. Because I was like, this is truly, when you really accept somebody, right? The body count didn't matter. Her weight didn't matter. Nothing mattered because he loved her for her. And that's what I'm saying. I just thought that was just interesting, funny, cute. Little, but also it just speaks to him accepting her and her as a whole person, as a woman. And so I say kudos to him for that. No, listen, um, the mature version of me wants to agree with you. So I am right. But when you brought the whole whole adjacent part, I'm like, yo, auntie, you could have kept that in the clutch. You could have kept that in the tuck. OK, because like we didn't have to know that. Right. If people were already looking at your husband like. A simp, for example, right? Like, simping ain't easy, right? <laughs> so now you're making it that much harder, right? Because now it's like, oh, well, body counts don't matter, right? The conversation about body counts we're not going to get into today, right? But for some men, it does matter. It does speak to certain things. And so it's just kind of like if he already, and by he, I mean her husband, is already dealing with a certain perception. Like, again, I appreciate him for standing on a square and being the husband he needs to be. But certain things you don't necessarily need to also disclose. Was that really important to disclose, right? Because I remember last week you were like, there are certain things you would not disclose that are going to make your husband or whatever look a certain, certain type of way, right? So, I mean, I do get it. I do appreciate that he appreciates her for all that she is, including her whole adjacency. But I'm just like, come on, sis, right? And and there also is that larger conversation in terms of like, is he, who's leading the relationship, right? Because I was saying before, like the submission part. So I, I got the impression that he, you know, is leading the relationship. Mm -hmm. But it, it may be that 
she's the one low-key leading it and allowing him to kind of stand out there and take whatever shots or whatever, whatever the dynamic is, right? As long as they're happy at the end of the day, we don't know these people, right? But if we're talking about as husbands, you know, wanting to protect your wives, there is equally responsibility for, I think, wives to protect husbands too. And sometimes divulging information that could make your husband look a certain type of way is the only thing that I'm really pushing back on to a certain extent. Because for me, I didn't, you know, I didn't see that particular part. What I saw, at least in the video that we played the clip from, was a husband holding his wife down. But I do think there is a responsibility equally for women to hold their husband down, right? Protect them. And in those ways, sometimes it's simply keeping some shit to yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck, yo? You know what I mean? And and now like people can start to speculate, like, was that the reason he wanted an open relationship? I mean, shit, is there a, a perception that people or even men have of their wives who may have a past, right? Versus not having a past, right? If she was not whole adjacent, would he even come to her with the whole, you know, open relationship? Like, so... I just kind of feel like it is okay, y'all, to keep some of y'all business to yourselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, I grew up in the era where celebrities kept some of that shit to themselves, okay? And added more mystery to it, okay? Right? And then just keep it moving. You know what I mean? So that's the only thing I'm pushing back on. But kudos to him because I do think that young men need to at least see, if they're not seeing it in their proximity, a version of what protection looks like. But after you just said what you said, I would say look at the Jay-Z version of said, right? I don't know what life would be in H-I-P, H-O-P without your boy H-O-V. That's a long time ago. But we still want to give props and kudos because we are a relationship-based show to a relationship that we see that both people are clearly committed Mm -hmm. to each other. They've accepted each other. They fight for each other. At the very least, we can compartmentalize what it is that we can take from certain relationships and leave the rest of it like high body counts and being ho-adjacent to the side, okay? Speaking of the side... Speaking of the side, well, no, this is not the side. I was about to jump to a whole different topic and I just caught myself on back, okay? Speaking of the younger generation, shout out to T Grizzly, who recently on The Breakfast Club was talking about his recent nuptials and how he got to that. Let's play the clip and then we'll come back on the other side. It's it's no such thing as somebody being the one. You know? You about to start some shit on oh, social right. media with that one? No, listen though, listen though. <laughs> it's, it's, it's no such thing as somebody being the one, man. This 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 takes effort. It got to be something you want to do. You got to be the one. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got to be the one to want to do it because they not they don't propose. You do. Mm-hmm. You feel me? This this got to be something you want. This got to be something you want to do. This got to be something that you're willing to stick with no matter what. And it's got to be something you want, make a choice to put effort into. You feel me? When I agree with that. You, 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 right. you I, I agree with that, but she still got to be special enough for you to say, this is who I want to spend the rest of my life with. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, everybody's special. Mm-hmm. You feel me? There's nobody out here that's, that's not special in their own way. Now, what I loved about the young brother, first of all, I love seeing young people get married. You know what I'm saying? Um, I love that he was talking about, because I think they were asking him, like, how did you know that she was the one? And he was like, I don't believe in the one. And he basically kind of flipped it because at first it's like, oh, shit, you about to say something about to go viral. But he was talking about. from a man's perspective that the man being the one in terms of the one who wants marriage, the one who's prepared for marriage, right? Because we're the ones who actually have to ask the woman to marry us, right? And so there's this idea that it's really just about the woman, right? When we think about, oh my God, I wasn't ready before, but I'm ready now because she was the one. And he was like, nah, you know, I grew up in a household where I did not see 
excuse me, certain things. And I, I made up in my mind that I wanted something different. And that really resonated with me because that was kind of my experience too, right? In terms of seeing certain things and then wanting something different. So what are your thoughts in regards to how T Grizzly flipped it, right? In regards to the man being the one, right? And also his, um, you know, what he kind of said and how he flipped it and, and the response to that. What are your thoughts about that? So first, I love the fact that he acknowledged that there is no such thing as someone being the one, right? I'm glad that he did that. I'm actually excited about the fact that he put it on men, right? Because men got to be the one if we're going to call somebody the one. They have to be the ones who want to do it. They have to be the one to propose. They have to be the one that's ready mentally, emotionally to deal with, let's say, a wife, for example, because it's a marriage proposal, right? And so I think that when you... Put it in that context versus the whole magical moment when you think you like ah, the one, it makes it it puts it more down to earth. Right. Because a lot of people don't realize in order to become the one, i.e. the man being the one <laughs> um, that you basically have to decide um, what attributes you like in that woman. And if she meets that requirement and then you go ahead and step up to the plate. I find it interesting that a lot of times we talk about what women are willing to sacrifice um, in order to get that ideal relationship. And sometimes it may be a conversation where what men are willing to sacrifice in order to get that particular, the one. Um, and so I think that at the end of the day, nobody's perfect. And to expect perfection and expect that whole aha moment is actually unrealistic. And so I appreciate his input and I co-sign on everything he just said. Yeah, no, listen, 1000%. Like I said before, like for me, you know, my parents were married, but they got divorced. Um, my dad was out, you know, out of the home. Uh, there was some issues there, right? I think we've cited some of the reasons for divorce and there was definitely some of that. Uh -huh. <clears throat> and so for me, Growing up, I felt like I didn't want that for my life. And so I think I was somewhat intentional. I did get, you know, married pretty young. Um, I think he said he's 28. I think I got mm -hmm. married when I was 27, right? And so I feel like when we hear about marriage nowadays, young people seem to be pushing marriage back further. So it was really refreshing to see a young man, 28, who had his career off the ground. He's making things happen. Like I think 28, I've, I've said this before, is a great age for, for men, right? Because if you're about your hustle and about your grind, by the time you're 28, you should be like, you know, entering the middle part of your career, right? To a certain extent, you're prime. And if you happen to be with someone that you've been building with, I mean, I'm happy for that, right? I think the way that he thinks or how he thought or how he communicated that whole point, how he flipped it, I loved it. You know what I'm saying? Because there is, you know, a lot of truth in what he said, right? But when we think about the fairy tale, oftentimes the man is the secondary character, right? And then we wonder why maybe the sequel to that fairy tale doesn't work out quite as, you know, we would want it to, right? Because if it's only focusing on that woman and it's about mm -hmm. her, you know, her, her fairy tale, right? That man may not be prepared for that. He may not want that. He may be pressured into it. He may feel like this is what he has to do. So when you think about marriage, it is important for that man to be the one who is ready, right? Mm -hmm. Who is able to make that proposal, who does put himself in a financial position to hopefully lead a household, who has the conversations that are necessary to establish, you know what I'm saying? Whatever program he hopes that she'll follow, right? So it is, he is the one, right? So I loved that he said that. And how he flexed, you know, flipped it a little bit. But I will also say this, right? Because I do think what's happening on socials is that men who are saying, yes, I am him, right? I've got my shit together. I am that guy that these women say they want, right? 
But now he has a choice, right? He has options. And most likely, if he's good looking enough or charming enough, he does, you know, have more options than maybe most men, right? But then that the one conversation comes back into play, right? Because it's one thing for him to be the one for himself and for preparation of this journey, but he has to find a partner, right? Mm-hmm. So while I do appreciate what he said, I just hope it doesn't diminish the idea that women still also need to be the one. Right. In other words, the best version of their selves so that they can be identified for a brother like Kim, who is actually married. Right. Because I think sometimes women just kind of feel like they don't got to do nothing, that they already have whatever it takes to be that without putting forth the effort. It can't be that it's all about how men are prepared or aren't prepared. But this brother's saying he's prepared. And I'd be willing to bet that his wife was also the one for him. Right. She was the one for him. So I appreciate the little smooth flip up. You know what I'm saying? I I agree with it wholeheartedly. But I think we see and you'll see women champion. Yeah, T. Grizzly. That's right. He's that's a real man right there. Right. Why not also acknowledging because this is a his and her show that there are women who also need to show up as the one, if not for their future husbands then at least for themselves, show up as the best version of yourself. So then when you find a guy who's the one, you both can be the one, you know, it's kind of like the matrix where Neo had to come into his own, but part of coming to his own was recognizing Trinity who also came into her own. And through that love, he became the one, you know what I'm saying? Like, I love love stories like that, whether it's Rocky or whether it's the matrix, the guy typically becomes a better version of himself through the love he finds to a woman. But that woman also has to be a special kind of woman, though, too, not only within her own right, but how she connects with that man. So I do like it. I'm not trying to be toxic, not trying to incite a gender mm. war, but I do. I'm not because I'm simply saying that I think women because you're never going to take away the fairy tale. I don't give a fuck what he's talking about. Like even myself, I knew that at the wedding, I was the supporting actor in this film. Okay. And I was okay with that because we're not, you know, raised to be like, Oh my God, I can't wait to my wedding day. You know, like it's, that's okay. Right. And there's certain, but in the marriage though, it ain't like that. Right. It's more happy spouse, happy house. You know what I'm saying? Than it is happy wife, happy life. Right. Right. So I just think that like, you know, we got to be mindful that, when we're talking about these relationships and being the one and all that, that there is a level of equity on both sides in terms of the, you know, responsibility for them to show up as their best selves for relationships to work. So, and not to mention, I want to elongate the topic a little bit, because if we just well, both agree, then it's like, what else are we going to talk about? <laughs> no, I was going to push back a little bit on what you push just back said. There. Push back there. <laughs> and wanted to note that I think the reason why I really love this topic is not because we're like, yeah, T. Grizzly speaking what we want to hear, but it's because oftentimes we don't hear men talking about the fact that they need to be prepared, that they need to be mentally, financially, whatever the case may be, prepared to to ask for a woman's hand and proposal. We constantly hear critique about what women need to do, how women need to act, but we rarely take that other side of the coin and talk about what men need to do, why men need to be the one versus why women need to one. And I think it's crazy that for most part, in some cases, especially these internet trolls, be looking for perfection when they themselves are not perfect. And since it takes effort on both parties' part, then both parties do need to put in that effort. But identifying, the like I said, the reason why I enjoy the conversation and what he said was simply because he actually took it back to, hey, 
It's our responsibility as well. It's our, as a matter of fact, it's our responsibility first and foremost, simply because we're the one doing the proposal. So let's make sure we as men are fit to be the one before we ask for this woman to be the one with us. And so I understand the analogy of both men and women coming together and being the one together, which I support. But I think that we already hear enough conversations about women need to do this, women need to do that. Now, as far as if these women are actually applying to it, I can't say for sure. I know I personally (laughs) didn't do it because hence why I've been married for 25 years. But with that being said, it's just that I think it's refreshing that we finally got a different perspective that is not the the female version of the fairy tale that which we all know is a lie because at the end of the day, it's still work on both parties. So both parties need to be the best version of themselves and show up that way. So I do agree with that. Both parties need to put an effort. Both parties need to be that person that shows up as their best version of themselves. And I kind of disagree that women is some women don't feel like they need to do anything but show up as who they are. But women who are married and women who are seeking marriage are always in the process of continuous improvement and self-awareness. And so that's the only pushback I had, oh, you know. I'm pushing back on the pushback because, first of, course of all, you are. <laughs> I'm sorry. There are a bunch of people who want things that they're not prepared for. Sorry. I would agree with right? that. I, I think, unfortunately, the majority of people want things they're not prepared for, including marriage. Sorry, I think if if I had to put a number on it, 51% of women, if not more, right, who say they want marriage are not prepared for marriage. Okay, and I, and that's I would say the same thing about men. So I'm just put, I'm pushing back number one on this idea. There's all these women out here who are getting. How do you prepare for marriage? I'm just curious. Like, is there like cooking classes that you go to? Are there so, empathy conversations that you have? That's that was rhetorical, ma'am. Oh, I was going to answer ret- too. That was rhetorical. <laughs> okay, that's the first point I'm pushing back on. That's number one. Number two, I hear men all the time say hey, I got to get to a point where I'm at my career. I got to get to where I need to get to before, right? Because they'll say that as to why they are in situationships, for example, or why they're not ready to commit to a woman, right? They'll say that and women will push back on that. So no, men are actually telling women these things. It's just that he wrapped it up in a nicer bow, right? When a guy says, hey, you know what? Huh? Notice I started by saying on the internet. Right. So it may be happening in real life, but I don't see it. Even on well, well, first of all, I don't know that if women are necessarily paying attention, right? Mm-hmm. Y'all oftentimes hear what y'all want to hear anyway, right? If it doesn't end in yes in terms of what you want, then you're going to probably overlook a man telling you why the answer is no. As soon as he says no, I'm not ready for a relationship. That's that red flag. And then all of a sudden, see bullshit like that, red flag, cool. That's what's up. And then it's like wah 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 wah. And then y'all will turn around and say, I never heard a man say that. Yes, you have. Not you specifically. Specifically, women have heard in real life, men who are like, hey, man, listen, you know, we're vibing. I'm just not really ready to be in a relationship right now. Now, granted, it could be some bullshit. It could be cap. It could be game. But there are some men for which that is true. But you can't then turn around and say, I've never heard men say these things. No, they say it on the Internet. Right. The second thing they also say, which is why I spoke to this, was that for those men who understand men have been told forever gotta have a job if you want women have already let us know what time it was in regards to some minimal standards that they require from us right so men have been for as long as i can remember not necessarily just for women but working themselves i myself 
knew that I loved this girl, but I said to myself, there's no way I'm going to go to her father with hat in hand and nothing to show for it. Like I can't be the man who's going to lead the relationship. How would I expect her to follow me when I can't lead? I knew that back then before the internet. And so now we're having this resurgence of that mindset. So no, men are saying to women, hey, I'm trying to get my shit together, but y'all don't like to hear that because it's not what you want in that moment. Okay. So let's be clear about that. Okay. And lastly, What's funny to me is that so many women pushed back on the brother Jonathan Owens when he talked about him being the prize, right? When you think about what that means is that I think highly enough of myself. I've done the work. I positioned myself to be a brother who is a prize, right? Because low key, he didn't say all that, but it could be the cousin of what T. Grizzly said, right? Because initially when he said that statement, there was pushback and it wasn't until he came full circle. He's like, oh yeah, that's great that a man is talking about what men need to do. But what I don't like though, is the attitude that comes with the man who's done that work. <laughs> I do not like the attitude uh, that comes once again, with the, the sure self. Hey, I am not done, okay? I will pass it back to you with your pushback. But my pushback says I'm calling cap on not hearing men explain to women the need for them to get their shit together. I'm calling cap on the idea that like a majority of women who want to be married are prepared or doing the things to get married. Because number one, I don't think you ever really be prepared for marriage. But number two, I don't think that women are doing those things, okay? And Number three, low-key, what T. Grizzly said is like the first cousin of what Jonathan Owens was talking about. And also what a lot of men on the internet are saying is that, yes, we're going to get our shit together. We're going to be the shit. We are the ones. We are the ones sounds a lot like we are the prize. Come on now. Uh, Come on my, now. That's my response to that, uh, mostly because Jonathan Owens, the conversation, from my understanding, was mostly about the fact they felt that he minimized her. Um, however, I do, he said I do he was understand surprised. that he did say he was surprised, but at the same time, minimized her by saying, oh, he didn't even know who she was. Whatever the case said, he probably didn't. But we already talked about that. We already talked about, about that. And so that prize conversation is what associated with Jonathan Owens was a completely different type of conversation, although it did have those two prongs. Said the cousin. And so, <laughs> okay, I fine. Whatever, it's clever. relative. It's close. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever is clever. All I'm saying is that I appreciate the fact that this man took the time to say that he needs to be prepared because at the end of the day, you said that women said the whole you got to have a job. No, that was set up from the president from time. That was the fathers of these men, of these women, these daughters who wanted to get married. That was from the beginning of time. Women didn't say that until modern times. You got to have a J-O-B. And that was just a reinforcement of what we've already been told by society standards anyways. So let's just make that clear that that was society standards anyways. Not something that women forced on men, but other men forced on men to take pop the culture down. and music. So, that was Janet but Jackson, no, I, I would say it that it was reiterated. That and women so, adopted, right. just like feminism. That's why I said. How black women adopted white <laughs> Oh, Lord, we're not definitely going to talk about feminism because I have a whole nother. No, I have a whole nother take on feminism. There's white feminism okay, and then there's okay. actually black okay. feminism. Okay, so we're going to move past this whole conversation. <laughs> move um, on. The clock is a ticking. So uh, <laughs> anyway, so you know who <laughs> who apparently didn't show up either as a husband or a wife? Mm, <laughs> and, I don't know. And, Let's see where you're going with this one. <laughs> 
That would be uh, Neo ex-wife Crystal Smith. Apparently, mm. she got tired of putting in the effort and appeared to be tickled, or maybe it's a little bit bitter, uh, pertaining to, I'm not actually sure just which one yet, uh, pertaining to catching Neo out in these streets with multiple women. I'm not quite sure exactly what her issue is, but I will say that in the past, um, she was the one who initiated divorce because she was tired of Neil cheating on her. And particularly after he fathered a child with another woman, turns out he had two children while they were married. And so she basically decided to choose herself and not the lies and deceit that she was currently living with. So anywho, she was back in the news, like I said, because she expressed disbelief that these women appear to be sharing him. And so I'm interested in hearing your thoughts. One, is she the bitter ex um, or is it something like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out why does she care? <laughs> yeah, because like I think basically it was so, you know, the shade room where we go for all of our news. <laughs> I'm kidding. Not all. <laughs> so apparently like Neo had a picture floating around the Internet with one woman. Like he was having a good time, twin flames, you know, words of of amorous affection for one another. Um, then there was another set of pictures with another young woman where, once again, there was pictures and exchanges of amorous communication and affection for each other. And then I think apparently maybe a third woman popped up, right? And at that point, I want to say Crystal, is that her name, Crystal Smith? Yes, Crystal Smith. So she, I guess, posted, like, I gave him to y'all. I didn't give him to y'all just so y'all can share him, I think it was, which I thought was, like, petty, you know. Um, but it's so unnecessary, right? Because I'm thinking to myself, like, unless she didn't get what she wanted out of the divorce, right? You know, clearly she realized, I can't be with this man because we don't share values. He's not moving in a way that I think a husband should move. And so we decided to get a divorce, Right trying to be amicable or whatever. And may, I'm sure she got some kind of settlement, right? But now that peen is no longer your concern. That peen is no longer your problem, ma'am. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't understand why you're still clocking who the fuck you fucking with. You dig what I'm saying? Like, at this point, you got what you wanted, which was the divorce, right? And I'm sure, like I said, unless the settlement or maybe there was other things that she hasn't fully healed from. But this right here would be a reason why somebody says, sis, you need to take a time out and heal, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, would a person who is healed and who's moved on would have bothered to even shoot a, a message like that on socials, right? Did she not know it was going to get attention, right? Was she looking for attention, right? Because how long has the divorce been? So it's very possible that she is still getting over that divorce. I just kind of feel like, like I said in the last episode, that I don't know that people are getting counseling after divorce. And so sometimes maybe it shows up a certain type of way on social media. I just don't know that it's healthy. Um, I don't know that it's productive, mm -hmm. right? Um, if she was in a new relationship or thinking about a new relationship, I'm sure maybe the partner would be looking at that as a side eye low key because it's like, you still checking for this nigga, right? The same way if the roles were reversed, right? So I don't get why people feel the need to do some of this stuff. I just don't get it. Unless you want the nigga back, unless you're just trying to like, you know, fuck up his flow or you just want to throw shade because maybe you're jealous of some of these other women and they were attractive enough and she was attractive. So I don't know what that's about, but you know, I just think that is, you know, for for adults, if we can get to a space and a place where we can part amicably, we go our separate ways, we can co-parent. Maybe I'm asking for too much. Maybe she needs a little bit more time. But I just thought that shit was doing too much, in my humble opinion, because he didn't look like he was giving a fuck 
okay? Oh, he, he not only several. did not give a fuck about her opinion, but he also didn't look like he gave a fuck about the other chicks that he was rocking with and the pictures getting out. He's in his player, you know, phase right now. He's living his best life. You know what I'm saying? So let that brother live. You know what I'm saying? You ain't want to live with him. You know what I'm saying? Now let him live. That peen is no longer your problem. So I agree with this 100% that at the end of the day, he's living his best life. The reason why I was like, is she bitter? Like, what's happening? Because if she is bitter, then this would be an example where counseling is needed because obviously you're still not over the hurt that you're experiencing. And so for anybody who went through a, a divorce and the fact that she said she gave him, to, gave him back to you, well, apparently it sounds like you almost didn't have any choice but to give him back because your morals and ideals didn't align anymore. And so for you to make that statement, it sounds like you're still being possessive of him and of who he is and everything. So if you're still feeling possessive of him by making the state, I gave him to you, then it's clear that you're not over the relationship. It's clear that you really need to seek some help, get some counseling and um, hey, maybe some self-love, who knows? But at the end of the day, <laughs> I'm just going to say that for women who constantly pinging on their ex, following their ex, or whatever the case may be, you know, that may be a little sign of obsession as well, you know, and if that's an obsessive behavior for you, then you might want to consider why are you still obsessing over this relationship that no longer exists? And if you didn't get the closure that you needed, then now let's start working on that healing. Let's start working on that closure so that you're not sending out little petty little tweets on <laughs> or posting petty little stuff on social media talking about, oh, I gave them to you because unless you're trying to be relevant for something else, or you're trying to garner some type of attention, then all you're doing is looking like the petty ex, the bitter ex. And so go ahead and heal yourself, woman. Heal thyself. Facts. I love what you said, though, about the possessive part because she was like, bitch, he was never yours. <laughs> Apparently and clearly while you were in the relationship, if you're talking about the fact that he was cheating, like he was cheating, baby, he was never yours to begin with. Okay? So I don't know if she just has it. That realization is not really set in, mm -hmm. right? And it does kind of feel like the, a power dynamic that she's still trying to hold on to, like, you know, she gave him no, right? And that's the part that's interesting to me because you just didn't want to be in a relationship with, any, with him anymore. And that's okay, right? You can make a choice, hey, this is not acceptable to me. But that didn't change how he was moving because he's still outside moving like he's outside. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so I think sometimes people try to assert more power or make themselves feel like they had more power than they really had. Boo-boo, he was never yours. You know what I'm saying? That power that you're, you know, I gave. No, you didn't give him to nobody. He gave himself to the other women, right? Frequently. But, right. And still. And publicly. <laughs> willingly. Okay. But what I love about this story, though, is because it kind of takes us in and dovetail, dovetails right into our last take, right? Because there's been this age-old conversation about whether or not men are biologically predisposed to cheat. So I'm going to play this clip real quickly because I think Neo might agree with this one. And it's not cheating if she knows about it, fellas. Okay. A little, a little hack there. Um, but let's check out this clip real quick and let's see if we can find a woman like this. I mean, we'll come back on the other side. Say we were together. Would you tolerate cheating from me? Of course. I would. Now, why is that? Um, because men biologically cheat. Because you can go sleep with a girl right now and it's just pleasure. For example, we're surrounded right now by a shit ton of amazing clubs. You can walk into the club right now 
get super drunk and just have a one night stand but you're still coming home to me sleeping with me providing for me and doing everything you're supposed to it's just biologically made the men are gonna go ahead and cheat because it's just pleasure you know what I mean it's status basically when men cheat but when women cheat it's disrespect because when we cheat it's a connection like we cheat with intention we cheat with emotions you guys don't cheat with emotions we do so I don't think a man should stay with a woman that cheats on her now why wouldn't you feel insecure by finding out that I you know was blowing on all the chicks back out as women you're meant to be feminine and protect of the home and stay with your partner and take care of the kids so if you're providing for me and doing everything you're supposed to I will definitely tolerate cheating but if it's a 50-50 relationship it's like I'm your roommate why why are you like down making me downfall like that's not that's not cool now that right there that's a real woman right that woman right now that's a real woman right now okay I'm mm. kidding Kind of. But no, we were talking about the whole Neo thing, right? He clearly was married and he clearly was having extramarital relationships, right? We oftentimes see men who are in positions of power, who have the ability, right, to be able to have multiple women, have multiple women, right? I think I heard a comedian once say that a man is only as faithful as his options, right? Because I think sometimes we confuse men who might be faithful because they don't have the option to not be faithful with men who are just naturally faithful, right? So the age-old topic of whether or not men are are biologically predisposed to want to be with multiple women, right? Because I kind of feel like with old girl, was there a part that maybe felt like, mm, I could have still been part of the harem? You know, there are women who make that choice to be with men knowing that their man is going to step out. And like the woman in the video, she talked about how she believed that men can do things for pleasure, whereas women oftentimes are doing things emotionally, which is what makes the difference. But she seemed like a woman who understood the biology of men, whereas some of y'all do not. So SNM, what are your thoughts? Do you think that men are either biologically predisposed to want to have many partners at one time um, and versus women, right? Is it something that women should consider as it relates to building strong community? Because if it is within a man's nature, isn't it incumbent upon women to meet that man halfway, right? Are we setting unrealistic expectations for men to act outside of their God-given nature, Right. So what are your thoughts? Because this is the type of issue when you talk about divorce is one of the top ones, right? Cheating. So maybe if we recalibrate how we look at this, we can help save marriages. That's the lens upon which I'm trying to have this conversation. So what are your thoughts on all of what I just said? So I like how you try to pretty much prep me so I don't go like to the left with this. And so um, that may or may not happen um, just in advance. Go where you want to go, girl. <laughs> Because people are going to so, watch this. We're really saying that we're about love and relationships and marriage in the community. What you say now can make an impact so, towards that ethos. But go ahead, though. So with that being said, I just want you to notice she said if you're providing for me and paying everything for me, um, she'll tolerate it, but not if it's 50-50. So despite all the BS oh, she, she said, said before, she, she said sure did. The video? She sure did. So despite all the BS she said before, it still boiled down to finances. So how can I really take her take? Like, come on, let's be serious. And so I think that she basically said, hey, if you're going to cheat, we better not be going 50-50. Otherwise, we good if you're taking care of everything. So can I really take that? Mm -hmm. So yes, you can. To me, you can. <laughs> so to me, it does not appear to be as biological as we thought. Because if that's the case, then 50-50 uh, men 
can also cheat if we believe that it's truly biological. And so I just want to note that for every study, this is why this conversation is so fascinating to me as well, because for every study that states it's natural for men to cheat biologically, there's also one that counteracts it. As a matter of fact, some studies say that men and women are both biologically predisposed to cheat and indeed have the same attitude towards um, infidelity. Basically, he's looking to populate the world, drop his seed, hence that's why he's predisposed, and she's looking for protection and provision, which is why she may be predisposed. But for me, what I really wanted to talk about, can we stop trying to normalize cheating and perhaps normalize open communicating one desires? Can we normalize open relationships? Can we normalize polyamorous relationships? I'm like, damn, everything don't have to go back to cheating. Like, let's normalize telling everybody or telling your spouse or your significant other or whoever the case may be what you want in the relationship. And if they can't handle that, then that means that person is not for you. Let's normalize other type of relationship styles. Versus saying, oh, we're predisposed to cheating. So I call bullshit on that. You know, I loved, I loved heart emoji, how you answered that, right? The normalizing part and all the different relationships, the relationship types, because you know, I'm lockstep with you on that, right? People should be able to explore different types of relationships and we should normalize their ability to communicate that, right? But you brought up the sister from the clip and how she was the one who made a man's nature conditional. That's not the man who did that. He did. Right? She said that for her, or I guess you were intimating that for her, that there had to be conditions of finances for her to accept it. Right? But that is a flaw on a woman, not a flaw on the natural disposition of a man. Right? Because if he's naturally inclined to want multiple women... Right. And she understands that's part of his biological nature, but then puts a caveat that's based off of finances. That's not on that man. That's on her. She put that condition on there. Right. And so that also leads to my whole when we talk about like normalizing, how do we do that? We normalize it by having conversations, mm-hmm. right? But we have women who can't even acknowledge that it's possible that men are desirous towards other women, even if they choose to act on it or not. Right. If a man can't even say, you know, be honest about if he sees, finds another woman attractive, then how can they even begin to have the conversation about expanding the relationship? Right. Y'all, y'all, y'all sometimes will claim you want honesty until a nigga is honest. And then as soon as he is, it becomes, oh, my God, why is he saying this to me? Is my, if what I'm providing for you, not enough. No, 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 baby, it's not that. I'm predisposed. I want to be with other women. You can obviously love me if this is what you want because my version of love is, is, is a construct that, that, benefits, that benefits me, right? Because the finances part, oh, as long as I could be lazy as fuck and not have to do anything and enjoy the finer things in life, of course you can go out there. So does that mean that biology or what's natural for a person is dictated by finances? I'm sorry, I don't think it works that way. I don't, because if that was the case, many of us who have kids would not be having kids or should not be able to have kids, right? Because if we're going to talk about biology being dictated by finances, there's way too many broke people having children out here, okay? So let's stop that cap right there, okay? So I'm with you in terms of normalizing it, but you have to be able to have the conversation. You have to be able to say, hey, these are the things that I want. And women will say all the time, like, you know, I just want a man to be honest with me because, you know, that way I have the choice. It's a lie. Most women who say that will never choose that. They would never choose that. I'm not advocating for men to lie, but I am also advocating on calling out women lying, lying. Because if you had that spirit, then y'all would have had that conversation. 
I was at the bar the other day getting me some lamb chops, you know, at the brunch spot, just having a conversation with a young lady. Do you know I stumbled upon the fact that she'd be open to an open relationship? I just stumbled upon it, having conversation. You know what I'm saying? But I said to her, like, when she was like, well, you know, you know, I'll be open to it. I'm like, stop lying. You know, and then she like, you know, was like, nah. And she corrected me because and I actually believed her. My point is, is that she is more rare than we want to make it seem like women being down for certain things. Right. And I'm not saying that women should be down for certain things or whatever. Right. For me, the crux of this conversation is whether or not men are predisposed to want to be with multiple people at a time. Right. Whether or not the structure of monogamous relationships is natural for people. Right. And I'm about to say something that's going to probably shock people. And my biggest, you know, my sincerest belief is that both people are predisposed to be in polygamous relationships, both men and women. Right. If you think about it biologically, for example, a woman can have sex with multiple partners and keep the party going because her body biologically is built different. I remember reading a book by Malcolm Gladwell, I think it was, when he was talking about this particular group of aboriginals or like way back in the day. And women were having sex with multiple men within the same community. Right. And then when they would have a kid, they would be more communal in regards to how they raised that kid, primarily because those men could not discern whose kid it was. So it was all their kids. Right. But the way that the woman's body worked in that particular tribe, she was able to have sex sex, orgasm, half sex, orgasm, so on and so forth, and more frequency, rapid frequency than a man is, right? Because when we come or we, you know, ejaculate, you might need, you know, a little time out, you know what I'm saying, to rest or whatever, our body kind of gives us a one shot, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, to shoot our best shot, right? It's a, it's a million bullets, but we only got one shot with this, right? And so it's like, blah, it's like a sort of shotgun, right? Just blah, shooting out the club. But the point is, is that biologically, a woman's body could do the things that would lend itself to being open to more sexual experience in a short period of time, right? So I do think that if you're talking about strictly biology, yes. But here's where it differs for both men and women. I think to go along with that previous story, what happened was men started to want to own land and when you started to want to have property and when you want to start like passing it down, right? So that became the the imperative to say, no, 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 she can't sleep with everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like if she sleeps with me and has my child, I want to pass down my property to my kid. So I think the conditioning and the programming happened very, very early on and throughout a lot of history, men were still able to have multiple wives and concubines. There are people in the Bible, characters, right? Through all of history, kings who were living that kind of life. So I think when you mix nature and nurture, right? In the sense that men's natural nature has been nurtured through how we've been conditioned in a way that women have not appreciated, have not experienced, right? Because it's quite the opposite for them, right? Most of the nurturing has been to take the nature out of them to a certain extent, right? Which leads us to being here. And each person has to decide for themselves how they want to move. But the fact of the matter is in this day and age, most women have been well conditioned to not tap into their nature, the natural side. Whereas men have been given the opportunity to still tap in. And in fact, we make it cool. We glamorize it. The guy who gets all the girls, right? So when we meet as man and woman, understanding this history, we're not going to be on the same plane. We're not going to have the same example uh, understanding. We're not going to have the same empathy towards each other to a certain extent, because that's just not how we've been conditioned. You dig what I'm saying? But the truth of the matter is we still live in a culture that if a man is powerful enough that yes, women will accept him, right? To do what he do. And please give me one example where a woman can do that. So really quickly, I just want to say I agree with the whole Ooh, conditioning. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> I, that boy was cooking. I think I was cooking with was was that was that palm oil? What was that? What was I cooking with? Was that Wesson? <laughs> was that Crisco? So, I think I was cooking with Crisco on that one. 
<laughs> so I agree that that we are, I believe both of us, men and women, are predisposed biologically, right? I actually think that monogamy is a, a natural state for the most part, and we choose to be monogamous because we're supposed to be higher mammals or whatnot. And so we make that choice to be monogamous, but it's actually both biologically predisposed to wanting to have multiple partners, just in maybe different forms, different way, whatever clever may, whatever the case may be. But I will say, when you ask for an example, um, there's actually, uh, it's really funny because there's a TV show <laughs> where this woman has multiple husbands and they talk about how they became her husband, what purposes they serve, and yes, she does sleep with them. And then there's also countries and or um, tribes and whatnot that actually endorses the woman having the multiple partners as well for various reasons, right? And this is across Africa and Asia, just depending on where you are in that particular country and so, or what tribe you are, right? But you're right. It is conditioned that for the most part, men have been conditioned that is acceptable, almost, I'm going to say almost acceptable. Um, or I was like with phrases like, oh, men will be dogs or all men are dogs and so forth. It's been already taught to us that men are going to cheat. It's already been told to little boys that you're going to grow up to basically cheat. And then we also get that glorification that comes with that. Oh, he's a player. And so you're 100% correct on the conditioning and that women have been conditioned otherwise, right? We've been conditioned. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that women at one point was considered property, you know? That's right. And so yeah. this is, sorry, I had to, <laughs> woo, had to pull it back. She's mine. <laughs> I own her. <laughs> I had to pull it back. <laughs> Woo. Okay, so uh, we're going to go right on past that because that's going to be another topic for another podcast on this whole ownership. And ownership. <laughs> I own it. I own it. So we're going to do, ooh, ooh. She's so, mine. Uh, that's let me mine. Get back to my this. wife. <laughs> no, I support my, my body, wife, my, my choice. <laughs> Woo. Oh, Lord. Okay, so uh, I'm just going to go ahead and close with this. On this particular topic, I agree with you. I do believe it's 100% conditioning. I do believe that if we, and part of the problem is that women aren't really open to that conversation. But at the same time, let's be honest, men are scared to have the conversation, right? And well, some men, let me rephrase that, because some men will be willing to have the conversation because they're more comfortable and confident in who they are. They vetted the woman and know that she may or may not be receptive. And they're actually cool with walking away if that woman is like, nah, I'm good. And so, but women do need to be more open to having these type of conversations. It's the difficult conversations. And that's why, uh, although we have our own podcast and Nick, you're great. I'm going to shout out Michael Bazin because he'd be having these conversations, right? About, and so sometimes I'll be watching his um, show and maybe even look at the comment and the fact that he's also willing to have this conversation about open relationships, about men and women and so forth is needed in our community because I really want us to start normalizing these other type of relationships out, especially considering all the heart, heartache and trauma that comes from when a man is cheated on or when a woman is cheated on, right? And how it how that translates into baggage for the next relationship. So let's open that conversation up. And I think women should be more receptive to their man coming to them saying, hey, I X, Y, Z may feel like I may want to try this. And that's why we have so many swingers. I'm just going to say this. In the where I live in the D.C. area, there's like mad swinger clubs. <laughs> when I posted that thing about me going to the swingers club, I actually people had people who knew me say, oh, wait, let me find out. And I'm just like, what do you mean? Let let what? Huh? <laughs> and then I remember it's because it was called the Swingers USA and there are active swingers in this area. And so it's just have the conversation. That's all I'm saying. But I'll give you credit 
And I will acknowledge that women have a tendency not to be as open and upfront in regards and receptive to that conversation. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you, I won't say poor communication skills. (laughs) (laughs) See, you, see, I was giving you all this. Okay, okay, listen, listen, I know we're about to close it up because it's time for us to go, but I do want to say two quick things. Number one, I do agree with you that men need to grab their fucking cojones and be able to have these real conversations with women. They will be surprised, right? Because not only maybe some women will be receptive, but part of it is like choosing a woman who would be receptive mm-hmm. to it, right? So there's a lot of women out there, fellas. And so if it's important for you to be able to live a certain lifestyle, you just got to be able to open your mouth and communicate that thing, okay? And uh, also, I'll also be real that you have to show up a certain type of way because I do think a lot of women, if you show up a certain type of way, there's a spectrum, right? So maybe she won't just let you cheat in peace. You got to be rich to do that. But maybe you guys can date together, right, to where she doesn't feel left out. And you don't have to be rich to do that, right? You can still be 50-50 mm-hmm. if both of you are out there swinging together. Right. So that's number one. And then number two, um, something you said about the whole woman being with the two other guys. Listen, if I'm going to make the case that it's about biology and nature, there is a part of us. There are lions as a man. Okay, I am a lion. Hear me roar. Okay, I am the king of the jungle. The fuck I look like (laughs) sharing my queen with some other beta ass. The fuck? Okay, I listen. I'm not talking about these people specifically. I'm just saying, and I don't also buy into the whole alpha beta thing, but I think it's a way to express this, right? And actually, the alpha beta conversation was based off of animals. So no, you know what? This is probably appropriate, okay? If you view yourself as the king of the jungle, there is no way you are sharing your... (laughs) Get the fuck out of here with that shit. And that part is a part of it too, right? When we think about mammals and how they exist in the wild. Many times there is a pride. There is the man, the main, the main lion doing his thing. He got a couple of other little felines around him. They follow the king dingling motherfucker, right? And the beta nigga is on the outskirts trying to figure some shit out. That's natural design, okay? So I don't know what the fuck are you talking about, but I'm done though. Just like this episode, I think yeah. you call it around. I'm like, this has definitely been an episode for the books. Um, but before we get up out of here, yes. we got to acknowledge the his and her of the week. Woo! And woo! all right. So I was going to ask for the drum roll, but since you already got it, <laughs> this week, the mm. her is going to be, you know it, you, you talked about her. Beyonce. (laughs) The Grammys may have a love-hate relationship with you, but we don't. It's all love here. I don't know after the last episode, but go ahead. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, so shout out to Beyonce for winning not only 32 Grammys to include three that night and being the most nominated artist in Grammys history. And based on your comment, I know you got something to say, Miss Bzzz. I mean, first of all, I'm not officially a member of the Beehive. I'm just a black man who can appreciate black excellence, who appreciates a black woman who constantly exudes class, who moves with effortless grace, who's dedicated to her craft, who's a performer of the highest level, both vocally and choreographically, right? She's not only that, she's also a wife who's had to endure things but has overcome, which should also be an example for women. Yes, sometimes men cheat, but you can overcome it, right? Also a mother, right? I believe to three amazing kids. You see blue out there doing her thing she's about to be the next whatever the first blue if you will right and so not only is she a grammy award-winning musician and talent but she's also an actress you know she's a businesswoman you know jay-z said i'm not a business man i'm a business 
man. Okay, she's not a business woman. She is a business period. You dig what I'm saying? So put some respect on Beyonce's name, right? And when we try to compare her, or at least compare, I thought to myself, she said she was the Beyonce of her community. And I thought to myself, uh, S&M, would you ever say that Beyonce was the Taylor Swift of her community, right? No, because Beyonce still Beyonce. I was trying to give grace, damn it. <laughs> My point, exactly. So kudos to Beyonce being the hers of the week. And in keeping it with the Grammys, we want to shout out killer motherfucking Mike who killed it at this year's Grammys. He won three of the rap categories. It was a sweep. Unfortunately, he was arrested or detained afterwards. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the funny thing is when he was interviewed later about that, he was like, man, we only want to focus on that, right? Because this brother, one of the reasons I certainly want to give him his kudos, we already know that he's active, right? He's socially active, politically active, right? We've seen him. He's been involved with trying to help black people when it comes to finances by dealing with banks and putting out initiatives, right? So this brother is active. I love hearing him speak. Very intelligent. Michael Render, right? The name of the album was Michael. What I loved about him winning this Grammy, these Grammys is because he spent his own money, right? He tapped in with his wife, who he always bigs up, and he sees as a partner. So kudos to both of them. You know, when we talk about marriage and we talk about relationship models or whatever, I love what they got going on, at least from where we can see it. But for him to, you know, tap in with her, babe, we got to move some money around for her to support him, Right. I mean, I think they were moving around money from college kids tuitions or whatever to make this happen because he wanted to create a project that was what he wanted to create. Right. And if you listen to the project, it is amazing. It is Atlanta. It is thoughtful. It is Michael. You dig what I'm saying? Like low key, I was like, go ahead with your bad self. So I'm super happy. I think it tells people that when you when you're willing to risk. Right when you believe in yourself, when you have a, a a support system, an amazing spouse and partner who will support you, amazing things can happen. So kudos to Michael Render, aka Killer Mike. Any thoughts before we go ahead and wrap it up on Mr. Render and him winning those Rammies? Hey. So congratulations and shout out. I love Killer Mike because he's pro-black, pro-marriage, and pro-economics, particularly black economics. So I will always give him props and ups just for that alone. And so I'm happy to see this. I prefer not to dwell on the foolery that occurred and, um, and their intentions to basically not only disrespect this man, but also try to treat him like, like butt-breaking. That's what I viewed that as. A little bit of butt-breaking. <laughs> you know, and he they was not like, having that, okay? And he was like, Nah, we ain't even gonna focus on this. So I give him credit and props for saying, nah, we're not even gonna focus on this little uh, foolery that occurred and we're gonna keep it on what's important, what matters. And so shout out to Killer Mike. And so before we head up out of here, super quick, what we supposed to do? Like, follow, subscribe, share, engage. We love the hate. You know what I'm saying? Low key, I don't think y'all even creative with the hate. Do a better job with the with the hate. Like y'all sitting here talking about, oh, anybody can have a podcast. Is that the most creative that you can be? You know what I'm saying? Can y'all bring forth a little bit more creative hate? Okay. Sip is played out, y'all. Sip was 2022. Can you come up with new words? But don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, share, stitch, hate, whatever. Engage. We out here. <laughs> we out. Peace.